Can you guys hear me now? Um, I think it's on now. Um, the um, the word I have for today, um, the message is called the vision. And the foundational text for today is Proverbs twenty nine eighteen, in the NIV version. It says in there, the word of God, where there is no revelation, people cast off restraint. But blessed is the one who heeds wisdom's instruction. When we, when I look at the word vision, and it's defined as God's revelatory word. So this is God speaking to man and what he is saying to man. And when we talk about cast off, restraint, the word perish, it breaks down to loosen, to expose or uncover. An example in here that just gives like a perfect picture of what that looks like, if you go with me to Exodus 32, I'll read from chapter from verse twenty five. This is uh, with Moses and Aaron and the people. So we'll read for it. We'll go further before you get twenty five. Right here. Now, let's start from the beginning down to 25. All right, sorry about that. Um, when the people saw that Moses was so long in coming down from the mountain, they gathered around Aaron and said, Come, make us gods who will go before us. As for this fellow Moses who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. Aaron answered him, Take off the gold earrings that your wives, your sons, and your daughters are wearing and bring them to me. So all the people took off the earrings and brought them to Aaron. He took what they handed him and made it into an idol cast in the shape of a cat, fashioning it with a tool. Then they said, These are your gods, Israel who brought you up out of Egypt. When Aaron saw this, he built an altar in front of the cat and announced, Tomorrow there will be a festival to the Lord. So the next day, the people rose early and sacrificed burnt offerings and presented fellowship offerings. Afterward, they sat down to eat and drink and got up to indulge in revelry. Then the Lord said to Moses, Go down, because your people, whom you brought up out of Egypt, have become corrupt. They have been quick to turn away from what I commanded them and made themselves an idol cast in the shape of a cast. They have bowed down to it and sacrificed to it and have said, these are your gods, Israel, who brought you up out of Egypt. I have seen these people, the Lord said to Moses, and they are a stiff-necked people. Now leave me alone so that my anger may burn against them and that I may destroy them and I'll make you into a great nation. But Moses sought the favor of the Lord his God. Lord, he said, why should your anger burn against your people, 
whom you brought out of Egypt with great power and a mighty hand. Why should the Egyptians say it was with evil intent that he brought them out to kill them in the mountains and to wipe them off the face of the earth? Turn from your fierce anger, relent, and do not bring disaster on your people. Remember your servants Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, to whom you swore by your own self, I will make you descendants as numerous as the stars in the sky, and I will give you your descendants all this land I promised them, and it will be their inheritance forever. Then the Lord relented and did not bring on his people the disaster he had threatened. Moses turned and went down the mountain with the two tablets of the covenant law in his hands. They were inscribed on both sides, front and back. The tablets were the work of God, the writing was the writer of God, engraved on the tablets. When Joshua heard the noise of the people shouting, he said to Moses, There is the sound of war in the camp. Moses replied, It is not the sound of victory. It is not the sound of defeat. It is the sound of singing that I hear. When Moses approached the camp and saw the cast and the dancing, his anger burned, and he threw the tablets out of his hands, breaking them to pieces at the foot of the mountain. And he took the calf the people had made and burned it in the fire. Then he ground it to powder, scattered it on the water, and made the Israelites drink it. He said to Aaron, what did these people do to you that you led them into such great sin? Do not be angry, my lord, Aaron answered. You know how prone these people are to evil. They said to me, make us God who will go before us. And for, and for this fellow, Moses, who brought us up out of Egypt, we don't know what has happened to him. So I told them, whoever has any gold jewelry, take it off. And they gave me the gold, and I threw it into the fire, and out came the calf. Moses saw that the people were running wild and that Aaron had let them get out of control and so become a laughing stock to their enemies. Here it shows that when it's the whole vision, Moses went up for, it sounds like two days, um, who knows that, what that looks like in time and length, but just in that instance, because the people no longer had a shepherd, someone leading them with the vision of what's next, what are we supposed to do, we saw what happened. Without the word of God, people are loose, meaning they go their own way. Um, even to the point if we look at it down to the portion of Aaron and him speaking and saying it was the people who led me here to do these things, right? You know exactly where they're at, um, which honestly, again, it ultimately leads to death when we go our own way. To ignore God's way is for us to ignore the way of life. Um, and so, like, out of just... So much nuggets just in that passage of what happens. Even God himself knows the people, um, and he speaks exactly how they are. Um, and, and stiff neck is, is the same as somebody kind of like kind of stuck in your ways, right? Typically that you desire this one route, and it's constant desire to, to turn their hearts. As we see here happening, like before Jesus, that's exactly what Jesus does. does. He, like, turned our hearts, right, changes and transforming it. You see the same thing encountering here with Moses, right, who's the shepherd and the visionary who God 
speaks to and gave him direction. So this is him writing on the tablets going back to the people to give them a, a way. Um, if you go here to Proverbs 29:18. As we go back to the foundation on passage, as God speaks, he says, where there's no revelation, people cast off restraint. Where there's no word of God, and then people are just not hearing for which way and which direction. But blessed is the one who heeds his instruction. Um, and I, and I come and I write to say to you guys, uh, the reason that it led to me here is without a vision, you know, without the revelation from God, we tend to kind of do things and go our own way. We're kind of like, you know, he tells it so in, um, in his word about you kind of like wave like a palm tree, like you sway whichever the wind blows you, not really having a direction. Whatever sounds sounds or feels good is the direction you tend to go. But just as the people of Egypt, we are also in that same manner as them. Our innate nature is naturally evil. It, it, it is not, our flesh is not in the way of God. It's already not aligned, and we know that. And so God just tells us this again, that, like, without that vision, without a word from me, that's what we tend to do because life happens. So we see um, the people of Egypt, when Aaron, uh, not Aaron, Moses went up to the mountain, immediately their thought was, like, wow, like, he's been gone so long, just that little bit without somebody kind of shepherding and guiding them, telling them, like, this is what we're supposed to be doing, which way we're supposed to be going. That's how easy they fall back into their own evil ways and their old ways. Moses, being him, um, having such a heart for the people, does exactly what Jesus does for us in the New Testament that he's, he's praying for us on a constant basis, right? Um, the devil looks to throw charges at us, and, we'll, and, and, and Jesus here, he, you know, he covers. And the Lord, again, just as Moses did, his, his anger, he, he removed it, like just like that, from when Moses had spoken to him of his people, right? And so my question is, what is the vision, right? How often are we seeking the Lord to tell him, give us guidance, give us wisdom? And not only do we ask him for it, we actually hold to it. We heed. It says, you know, it says blessed is the one who heeds, meaning follow through, right, listens with wisdom's instruction. And so in, in the word, when we look at it, we realize, like, God is not, like, God is not, prophesizing on like a constant basis to people. The difference is we're not hearing. And the vision is given to us, whether it's at an earlier age, uh, whether it's a moment in time. Right? But what ha- tends to happen is never that we don't have the vision, is that life happens and we forget the vision. And we don't realize that the vision is actually the thing that keeps us grounded in the Lord's word when difficult things come about. Or even when there's a season of blessings happening, 
we begin to understand that division and whatever is coming our way, irregardless of it being beneficial or permissible, the fact that we can, we can do whatever we choose. That's the will of us, right, that the Lord willingly gives us. It might not be beneficial because it doesn't align with where God says he's taking it, right? And I give a just plain example of promotions, right? If God's telling you, I'm calling you into this direction, whether it's further in ministry, whether it's open up your own business, whether it's um, your household, right, whether you're married and God's like, listen, I'm about to bless your husband, but I'm pulling you into this direction because this needs to be in order for this to happen. And then you realize, hey, you know, we get excited, right? That's our nature. A promotion after the job and, like, to supervise you or director or a, a, an assistant director, whatever that might be, and that higher level, that higher pay, we're like, yeah, for sure. Never really understanding that, honestly, yes, while that's great, it requires more out of you, pulling you away from the way that God's calling you, that it doesn't align. And so when we don't have the vision, what tends to happen, it's whatever feels good to us or sounds good to us is the way we go, which God already tells us over and over. It's innate in us that our feelings are deceiving, our emotions are often deceiving. That's not the way we need to be making decisions because those things will happen. Bad things will happen. Great things will happen. And we tend to make poor decisions in either or. When great things happen, sometimes we make poor decisions, right? Reckless spending, um, kind of just doing things because we're on that high of happiness. And it's the same that happens when difficult things happen. We run into panic mode, right? And so we start to make decisions that the Lord didn't direct us because we're trying to find our own way in resolution. But when you have a vision, irregardless of good or super high days, you're able to kind of look at the things that present to you to either, again, to stay the course, to stay the path. And that in itself already says there's a blessing right there. Just by doing such, there's a blessing behind it. So this, that was just my question to pose here is, what is the vision? Make it clear and plain, you know, that anyone, because and when I say anyone, Deuteronomy tells us that oftentimes God may give us a vision that we are the beginning pieces to it, but it's meant to be written so that anyone can read and run it with it. And the reason so that it, ha- it is that in Habakkuk, it tells us that there's plenty of visions that the Lord spoke, Revelation in this time, even I think it was Isaiah's vision that everybody questioned and said, there's a portion of his vision that has yet to come to pass, even now today. Seen it through the whole Bible, read it up and down. It hasn't. But God tells us there's vision that came from those times and it hasn't come to pass. That's why it needs to be written so plain and clear because it might not be for that generation for that vision. The vision might be for the next one to come that your children or your children's children is the one that carries that out. Right, so this is where it begins to people to honestly understand that the reason that we have to know it and write it is that we might be the beginning source and pieces for that vision to begin to take place. Or again, that our family lineage is the one that might carry it down to the fifth or the sixth generation. Everything we do, when it's in line with God, the blessing not only runs for us, 
but it runs so deeper within our lineage that changes the course of the path of things in the way that the people desire to go. So just asking again, what is the vision? Is it clear? Is he speaking to you? Are we seeking that? Are we seeking God's face to tell him what is the vision? And consistently seeking the Holy Spirit to make sure the path that we're on is not a path that we're just kind of like figuring it out. It's a path that we know that we know that we know that God placed us on it and that we will not divert from it irregardless of the promotions, irregardless of the family circumstances, irregardless of financial circumstances. We'll continue to stay the course because that's the course the Lord has placed you on, not yourself. I thank you everyone for your time, and I hope um, the word, uh, the word, and the message that I brought um, was edifying, and that it will um, definitely touch and bless somebody today. Thank you.